This isn't what I'm saying. This is what God says. What he wants you to hear this morning is what he wants to say to you. And there's somebody in here that needs to hear this. And then we all need to hear it. But there's somebody maybe in particular needs. Come now, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Now, notice it's the Lord speaking. It isn't Brother Keegan speaking. It isn't Isaiah speaking. It's Isaiah saying the Lord says, this is something he wants you to hear. This is something he wants to say to you, to every sinner out there. Everybody out there that's got sin. And I'm here to tell you that you've got sin. Amen. You're a sinner. It's not hard to realize you're a sinner. Uh, you don't have to know a whole lot about the Bible. No, you know, I've done things I shouldn't do. There's things I hadn't done, things I should have done. There's lots of, it's not real hard to admit you're a sinner. Now, in the day we're living in, some people have a hard time of it. They'll say, well, I'm a sinner, but I'm a good sinner. <laughs> they, try to, they try to weigh it out like, well, I'm not as bad as my neighbor is over there. <laughs> but God's not going to judge you against your neighbor. I hate to tell you this. I wish he did, because right now I don't have a very good neighbor, amen. My wife will tell you that. But you know who he's going to judge you against? Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, you hear people talk bad about Jesus Christ. Every once you hear people say they mock Jesus, they make fun of Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, have they ever convinced Jesus Christ of any sin? Not that I've ever heard. Now, they might say, ah, you know, Jesus Christ didn't exist, or Jesus Christ was just, he is just a pansy, or Jesus this, or Jesus that. But, you know, they'll never say, you know, Jesus Christ never should have never said, love your enemy. I never heard him say that. Jesus Christ, all he preached was love and forgiveness and mercy. That's the Jesus Christ we're talking about. That's who he's going to grade you against, him. But look at verse 18. So the Lord wants to tell you this. Right off the top, come, come. Come. It's an invitation. God's got you an invitation. And the first thing I want you to know is come. Come. God's giving you an invitation. You know, when you were a kid, and I don't know if y'all were like me, I was just like, I didn't have, I didn't grow up very rich. I didn't grow up with very much money. I don't know how to put it. I was just poor. And when I was in school, you had the people we called the preps. And then the preps, there were the kickers. And then there was uh, different groups of people down in there. And at the bottom, it's just, I don't know what they called us, just the low lives or something. No, the, we're the ones that didn't get to change our shoes but once a year. We got new shoes once a year, and that's, we wore the same shoes all through school the whole year. And at the end of the year, our Reeboks would break apart, and we didn't have whatever it was. You know when you were a kid, it was like that, and you heard about a party? Somebody's having a big birthday party, and everybody in class is talking about it, and guess who didn't get invited? How'd that make you feel? That made me feel like, man, I'm just, I wish I could go. I wish I could go. God's not like that. God don't work like that. God's inviting everybody. Everybody. This is for everybody, guys. Jesus Christ, he stood up and said, Come unto you all that labor and heavy laden, I shall give you rest. Come unto me. He stood up in the temple and he says, Come unto you, come unto me, all you that are thirsty, come unto me, and I'll give you drink. He was calling people to him. If you look at the very end of the book of Revelation, all this stuff happens at the very end. You know what the Bible says at the very end? It says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Amen. Amen. Come and drink of the water of life. See, it's an invitation. See, Jesus gave a parable of the marriage, and he said this marriage was done by a king, and he sent these people out, all these invitations. You know what they said? I don't have time to come to your marriage. I don't have time to do this. i got some work to go do. I've got, and they're making all these excuses. And they came back, and the servant said, uh, King, nobody wants to come. 
He goes, well, they're not worthy to come. He goes, go out into the highways and find some people to come in. And the Bible says, Jesus says, they went in the highways and found the good and the bad and brought them in. The lame and brought them in and said, come, come to this wedding. Come. He's inviting you. It don't matter if you're good or bad. He's inviting you in whatever state you're in. He's saying, come on. Come on. That's Jesus Christ that I'm talking about. That's the Lord I'm talking about. He's always saying, come. Come on. He tugs at your heart. He tugs at your heart. You know what? When he walks by the, the door of your heart, you know what my Lord and Savior does when he walks by the door of your heart? He stops and knocks. Can I come in? He stops and knocks. Can I come in? He's not going to bust in. He's not going to invade your life. But he's coming. He's inviting you. He's come on. Come on. Come on. Verse 18. Come now. Now. That's the word the Lord always uses in the Bible. All through the Bible. Now. What happened when the people that weren't worthy didn't come to the marriage? You know what they said? I'll come later. I got something else to do today. I'll come later on. He said, no. Come now. Come now. You know what the devil's word is? The devil's word is tomorrow. Tomorrow you can worry about that. Don't worry. Tomorrow you can worry about getting saved. Put that off till tomorrow. Live and drink and just do whatever you want to do today. And tomorrow you can get it settled out. I'm here to tell you that tomorrow might never come. Amen. I hate to say that. I've had to live it. There's so many people. Wait. Wait. And God says, come now. Come now. Back in 1962, Billy Graham was woke up in the middle of the night. Y'all know Billy Graham. And he said, I was woke up in the middle of the night and Marilyn Monroe was put on my heart. The actress. And he said, for some reason, I just had a great burden. Billy Graham said, I had a great burden to pray for Marilyn Monroe. And he got down on the side of his bed and he prayed the rest of the night for Marilyn Monroe. He got up and he called and he said, he got his people said, will you please call Marilyn Monroe's agent or whoever it is? I need to talk to her. I need to talk to her about Jesus Christ. So they got a hold of Marilyn Monroe's agent and he said, no, there's just no way she can do it right now. Probably in about two weeks. You know what happened. Two weeks later, they found her dead. Tomorrow never came. I'll just wait. That's the devil's word. The devil's word is tomorrow. Just wait till tomorrow. Just put it off for tomorrow. You don't know if tomorrow's going to come. In this church, in this church, we buried, buried somebody who's 18. Turned 18, what, two days after he turned 18, we buried him. The Lord took him on home. We buried somebody that's 92, 93. I can't guarantee you how much the Lord's going to give you. My mom died, uh, let's see, my mom died, I think, when she was 44. My dad was murdered when he was, I think, 36 or 37. My best friend, a joker knows him, Larry Sullivan, he was killed, I think, when he was, I was talking to him on the telephone when he was killed, had a shotgun blow his guts out when he was about 15. That's just my life. My little niece was took when she was about six, seven months old. The Lord's got a number on you. And that's why he says, don't wait. Come now. Amen. Come now. Come now, let us reason together. Let's do it right now. God O'Moody was doing maybe what I'm doing to some of y'all. He was preaching and he was trying to preach to them about Jesus Christ. And there was a young man that always showed up at the church. But every time he talked to him about Jesus Christ, the young man said, you know what? I'm not ready for Jesus Christ right now. I'm going out west. Well, this young man, he got sick and he got put in the hospital. God O'Moody went up to see him. He said, now I need to talk to you about Jesus Christ. And that guy laying on, his, on a sick bed, he thought it was his deathbed, was so sick. He said, I don't want to talk about Jesus. I just want to go. Go out west. When I get out of here, I'm going to go out west. I don't want to talk, preacher, about it. And Dwight Moody said, okay, son. Well, I'm trying to get you. I need you to be saved. You need to get saved. He said, I don't want to talk about it, preacher. I don't want to hear about it, preacher. So Dwight Moody went on home. That young man got out of the hospital. He got well. 
He went by, Dwaldo Moody's house. Knocked on the door. Dwaldo Moody came out. And he goes, I just want to come by and say bye, Brother, brother Moody. And Brother Dwaldo Moody said, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ yet? He said, no, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm about to go out west. And Dwaldo Moody got real strong with him. said, now, son, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that, man, that young man got mad and said, don't talk to me anymore about that. I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear about it. Until I come back, don't you mention it to me. And he left. And Dwaldo Moody said, something in my heart said, that was the last chance. Later that same night, that same night, he had, was woke up, door knocking. He looks out his window, his two-story window looks down, and there's a young woman down there beating on the door. What can I do for you? The woman said, uh, will you please come see my husband? And when she looked up to see him, she, he knew exactly it was that young man's wife. Come see my husband, he's so sick, I'm worried about him. He's not doing well, please come see him. Just by that night time, Dwight Moody said, I've already talked to him. It's not going to do any good. Oh, please, please, don't, don't give up. Don't give up on please. So Dwight Moody got his clothes on in the middle of the night and he went down. And Dwight Moody says, as I walked up those steps, I could see into the house and I could see that young man laying on his deathbed. And as he lay there, his eyes were wide open and he was mumbling something. And he's mumbling the same thing over and over again. As he goes, well, I walked in that door and I opened up that screen and I walked in there. I could hear what he was saying. He was saying, it's too late. It's too late. And Dwight Moody got over there on, by his deathbed and he said, Son, if you can hear me, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that, that young man just pretended like it's like he never heard what Dwight Moody said. And he kept mumbling, It's too late. Dwight Moody said, I got my Bible open. I read to him scripture. I prayed over his bed. But he never acknowledged that I was talking to him. He never acknowledged I exist. And by the end of that night, when he was taking his last breath, Dwight Moody said, He said, It's too late. Late. The Bible says, come now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you're in here underneath the sound of my voice, I'm here to tell you Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm giving you the best news you can ever hear. You're a sinner, and you've got sins that are scarlet, and he can make them white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm here to tell you Jesus Christ did that for me. Amen. And he can do that for you. And he can do it today. He can do it right now. But don't wait. I can't guarantee you tomorrow. I can't guarantee you tomorrow. This is a true story. And I have only told this story twice since I've been preaching here. I've been preaching here almost 10 years. This is only the second time I've ever told this story here, I believe. Young girl was being convicted to accept Jesus Christ. And she came to her dad and says, I, I don't know, Dad. I've I got this funny feeling in my heart. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to walk down the aisle and accept the Except Jesus, but I, I don't know, no daddy. And the, the, the dad says, well, let me talk, let you talk to the preacher. So after service, they come up to the preacher, and they talk to the preacher, and the preacher said, well, do you, do you want to accept Jesus Christ? You know you're a sinner? She's like, I know I'm a sinner. He goes, do you want to accept Jesus Christ? She said, no. No, I, I just don't, I don't want to. And she turned around and just run off. And the dad, of course, was brokenhearted. I said, baby, what's going on? Why don't you accept? And she just didn't want to have nothing. She said, I'm convicted. I know. I know I should do it. Later on that night, the little girl came again. Teenage girl came again. She was old enough to drive. She came again and she sat at the back and the preacher preached just like I'm doing this morning. Preached about Jesus Christ. You need to accept Jesus Christ. And the preacher said, I could see the conviction on her face. And we gave the invitation like we're going to do here in a minute. Gave the invitation for her to accept Jesus Christ. Gave the invitation for anybody to accept Jesus Christ. And the preacher said, I seen her stand and start to walk down the aisle. And got about a quarter of a way and stopped. And she said she grabbed her head and said, No! 
And he said she turned around and ran out the back of the church. And of course the dad was just devastated. What is going on? Two days later, the girl was in her car and the dad and the mom were driving behind her. They were going somewhere. 18-wheeler, whoop, bam, hits the car. The little girl's car, it starts rolling. Rolls off in the bar ditch. The dad gets pulled over and as soon as he hits the bar ditch, the car bursts into flames. The fire starts coming up. They see the little girl in there crying. Help me, daddy! Help me, daddy! Help me, daddy! And the dad gets there and he sees it's so hot. And the only thing he could think of was to say, cry out to Jesus! Cry out to Jesus! And that girl said, no! No! And she burned up alive rather than accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Are you one of those? Are you you going to have to step over your dad, step over your father-in-law, step over your mother-in-law, step over your wife, step over your husband? Are you going to be one of those? You're going to step over everybody standing your way just so you can go to hell. Friends, hell is real. I believe with all my heart. And this is as close as I'm going to get to it because I'm going to go to hell. I know that's a powerful story. I don't like to tell that story. I know it gets people upset. But God says, come now. Don't wait. Listen to me. You had a, you had a servant and you, you were leaving the house and you have a little baby and you said, uh, take care of my baby and here's the baby's clothes and you go away on a long trip. You come back to the babysitter and you say, uh, how's it going? The babysitter says, here's all the clothes for the baby. I've got them pressed. I've got the baby's clothes ironed and here's all the clothes are neat and they're packaged up. And you say, where's the baby? And the babysitter says, the baby's lost. That's how God sees you. God's giving you a body like the clothes, and He's giving you a soul like the baby. And so many of us, we take such good care of this old body, all these clothes, and all this is is just clothes for our soul. And it's going to be one day we're going to stand before God and we'll say, God, look at how I took care of this. Look at that. I made sure the hair was combed. I tried to take a bath every day. I did everything I could for this body, and God's going to say, But where's the soul? You've lost your soul. Jesus Christ said, what would it gain a man if he was to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know what? I don't have the whole world, but Jesus Christ has got my soul. I know where it's at. Come now. Come now and let us. Let us reason together. See, this is something between you and God, not between me and you. This isn't between you and your parents or you and your wife or husband or your kids. Or This is between you and God. God says, come now let us that's you and the Lord. Reason together. That's you and the Lord. That's you've got sin against the Lord. See, there's some things you did that nobody's ever going to find out about. There's things I did that nobody, if I have anything to do with it, they're always going to stay in the closet. The Lord knows about it, though. In this world, you might go through this whole world and nobody's ever going to find out about it. And you say, well, I've got to go away with that one. You might have. But there's going to be a payday someday. And there's a day you're going to stand before the Lord God Almighty and He's going to reveal it to the whole universe. And you're going to have to answer for it. And you're going to say, well, I didn't know, I didn't know, I just, I didn't... Yeah, you knew. Yeah, you knew. And then He's going to weigh you against His Son, Jesus Christ. How are you going to stand in a day like that? God says, come now. Let us reason together. God says, let us reason together. You know something I know about God from reading this Bible over and over and over again? You know what I know something about the Lord God? There's one thing I know about the Lord God. The Lord God Almighty is very reasonable. Very reasonable. 
He says in Romans 5, he says, you know how you sin? You're like, yeah. Well, that sin, you got that sin from your dad. And your dad got that sin from his dad. And his dad got that sin from his dad. And his dad, way, way, way down the line, got that sin from Adam. And that sin is passed down from dad to dad, giving it to their kids, giving it to their kids, going on and on. And that's that sin that's in your body. That's that blood that's run through your body. That's that sinful nature. And God says, it's not fair that you got that, is it? You're just a baby. And you're like, no, I, Lord, I didn't ask for it. Just give it to me. I can't help but sin. Sin's in my body. God says, I know that. Now I'm going to give you a gift, a way out. Romans 5 says it's a free gift. And I'm going to send a man here that's not going to sin. He's going to die on the cross for your sins. And that sin payment that he pays on the cross of Calvary, I'm going to let that be your payment if you'll accept it. Let us reason together. God says, it's not unreasonable. It's very easy. So why don't you take it? Why don't you take it? Come now, let us reason together. He wants to reason with you. He loves you enough to care for you. You know what this Bible's about? This Bible's not about 99 found sheep. It's about the one sheep that's lost. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he's willing to die for you. He cares for you. He wants to save you. But are you ready? Look, though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, the war, I don't, and y'all ladies know this better than I, but the, but the only thing you can't get out of clothes is blood. That's almost near impossible to get out. You know, blood stains everything it touches. There was a man across the street from a guy I work with, and uh, he uh, committed suicide. And when he committed suicide, he, he, he put a gun to his head, couldn't take life anymore, and blood was all up on the ceiling. And they went in there, and they bought the house, and they cleaned the ceiling up, and they painted it up. You know what he told me one day? He said, Keegan, you'll never believe this. I said, what's that? It showed back up. I said, what showed back up? He said, the blood. We painted it with kills. We painted it with this white stuff, and it seeped back through. You know what they did? They painted it again. And they kept painting it. And you know what would happen after so long? I'm not sure how many months. I'm not sure how many weeks. But he'd come back to work. He says, it's showing back up, the stain. You know what he told me? I think it's haunted. They sold the house. The house started falling apart. And the city of Brownwood came in there and they just tore the house down. So that house is no longer there. You know what the truth is? You can't cover up. Sinful blood is nasty. God says, I can though. I can. Though your sin be as scarlet. Though they be be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Lord loves you. The Lord wants to save you. The Lord's out for your best intentions. You might not believe it. You think, that preacher's out to hurt my feelings. That preacher's trying to embarrass me. That, preacher, that preacher's trying to get you saved. Amen. Amen. I, I want you saved like me. Jesus Christ is the best thing ever happened to this old wicked sinner. You still a sinner? Yes. <laughs> I'm still a sinner. I try to do what's right, but I don't always do what's right. But thanks to Jesus Christ and the blood he shed on the cross of Calvary, I know where I'm going. How do you know that, Brother Keegan? Because one day I was at a service just like you're at. Preacher got up and he preached Jesus Christ. He preached about hell. I knew it was real. The conviction was in my heart. And I stood up and I walked down the aisle and I said, you know what? I wasn't like that little girl. I didn't get a quarter way down and start screaming. I knew I had to get down there. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know where Genesis was. I just knew that Jesus Christ was my Savior. And if I went down, he'd paid for my sin and I'd be saved. And that sounded like a pretty good deal when I was 17. And I walked down the aisle, and I was wicked, and I was no good, and I did some wicked things. I walked down, and I said, you know what? I'm full of sin, and I'm just like this guy. Your sin be a scarlet. My skin, my sin, you could see it all over me. At that time, I'd be walking down the road, and people would be riding in a bus, and they'd say, there's a devil worshiper. They'd look at me and say, there's a devil worshiper. 
And I was. I was into the occult. I was doing, I was conjuring up demons. I was doing all this wicked stuff. But when I got around Jesus Christ, I said, that's the real deal. See, I've been around all this other junk and it just didn't give me any satisfaction. It didn't give me any joy. And then I heard about Jesus Christ. Was it the first time I'd heard about Jesus Christ? No. My mom had took me to church and I'd been around Jesus Christ preached to me just like this morning. And I'd been in Sunday school. But there was something about that moment at that service that the Holy Spirit came in and touched my heart. And for the first time, I really felt that. See, for years, the Lord had been very polite about it. And I would ignore it. But see, the Lord knew what was going to happen to that little girl two or three days later. He knew that little girl was going to die in a wreck. He's God. He knows all things. So as that day of her death came closer, you know what happened to that knock on her heart? It went from a little bit of tap. She couldn't take it. Because in her mind, she said, I've got a life to live. I don't want to give away my life to you. I want to live my life. And she never knew she was losing her life. So you might be sitting there and go, I don't want to accept Jesus Christ. Everything will change. Some things will change. It'll all be for the better. Amen. I mean, oh, you don't know what you miss. I can talk about this water and talk about this water and tell you how refreshing it is. But until you come and take a drink, you're never going to know. Until you come and take a sweet drink of Jesus Christ. Because I know if you're in here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're thirsty. You're dry. You lay in bed at night sometimes and say, I wish there was more to life than this. There surely is more to life than what I'm living. You might go to work and you might say, there has to be more to life. I'm so thirsty. And Jesus Christ stood in the temple and said, come unto me all you that thirst and I'll give you drink. Maybe you lay in bed and say, I'm so tired. This life is such a heavy burden. Jesus Christ said, come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden and I shall give you rest. You might be here and you say, I, just want, I want this water, but is it free? How much do I have to pay? What kind of work? What do I have to stop doing? Don't stop anything. The Bible says, come. The pride and spirit say, come and drink of the water of life freely. This is a free gift. If this wasn't a free gift, I wouldn't be preaching it. I wouldn't be preaching it because I wouldn't have it because I can't earn it. I'm too sorry, no good. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What if that scripture had put your name in there? What if that scripture said, for King and Hall shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? What if that was in the Bible just like what I read? King and Hall? You know what I would have done when I'd opened up my Bible and seen that King and Hall? For King and Hall shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what I would have said in my heart? He must be talking about another King and Hall. Because I'm too wicked for that to be me. I know myself and I've said, that's not for me. Well, that's your name. No, that's not for me. Because that has to be another Keegan Hall. Because I'm too wicked for God to have cared about me. But thank God he put whosoever. That's every one of y'all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Whosoever. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they should be as wool. You know, in closing, there's so much more I could say. But this is a story of reconciliation. God wants to reconcile with you. He wants to be right with you. He loves you. You're over here, and God's over here, and there's no way y'all can get together. None. And if you're honest with yourself, you know there's no way. God is holy. I have all done all this stuff against God. There's no way he can accept me. If I come to him, he has no choice but to throw me out. I'm sorry, no good. Jesus Christ is going to come in and bridge the gap. He's going to come in and say, I'll die for him. 
He's sorry, no good, but I'll die for him. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. See, he didn't wait for you to get good. He didn't wait to say, oh, I'll die for him because he's a pretty good old boy. He said, that's a sorry, no good sinner, but I love him and I'll die for him so I can bridge the gap and reconcile you. Let us reason together, Lord said. Over in England, there was a, this was years ago, there was a, a young man and his father, and they got into a fight. The only son of this man. And he said, uh, I'll never talk to my son again. The son says, I'll never have anything to do with my dad again. But you know who else was in this story? There was one person left in this story. It was the mama. And if you know a mama's love, it's not like a daddy's love. It's never ending. And it broke the mama's heart. And he, she talked to her husband all night long and said, please invite him back home. All you have to do is just ask him to forgive you. All you have to do is say you forgive him and he'll come back. And the, the son said, I'll never go back to my dad until he asks me to come back. The father said, I'll never invite him back. And the mom would talk to the son. The son says, I'm never coming back. Well, guess what happened? The mom got sick. And she lay in her bed and there was no doubt she was going to die. The dad came to her and said, Baby, is there anything I can do for you? And the mom says, I got something I want you to do for me. And she looked at him and the dad says, I won't do it. She goes, if you love me, you will. I'm not calling him. She says, call him. Please call my son. I want to see him. And the dad says, well, okay. So he calls the son. The son comes running because he hears his mom is not doing well. He comes running. The son comes in the room. The dad is over by the mom's bed. The, mom, the, the dad looks up, sees the son walk in the room. He gets up and walks on the other side of the room. He don't want to have nothing to do with the son. The son don't even look at his dad. He comes on, Mom, I love you, Mama. You going to be okay, Mama? She says, no, I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to make it, son. I'm glad you came in. Now, say something to your dad. Let's make it right. Say something to your dad and make it right. And he says, I can't. No, Mom, I'm not going to do it. He's going to have to ask me. I'm not going to do it. And as she lay there lying on her bed, the dad came back over to the bed. Because he knew it was getting time to be close for her to pass away. And he laid there at the bed. The dad sat with the mom. And the son sat with the mom. The son came over there. And as she grabbed her son's hand, she grabbed her son's hand. As she was taking her last breath. And she grabbed the father's hand. And as she laid on that bed, she placed her hands together. And took her last breath. The dad looked up at his wife. And he seen his son. And the son looked up at his, at his mom and seen his mom die. And through her death, she reconciled them. And they got up and they hugged each other. That's a poor illustration to what Jesus Christ did for you. He died on the cross so God could reach down and pick you up, sinner. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's been the best thing ever happened to me. I'll tell you somebody else who loves the Lord Jesus Christ, and I didn't know it, is Daryl Waltrip. You ever heard Daryl Waltrip? Y'all have. The NASCAR driver? You hear what he said to Obama? Nobody heard what he said to Obama? He said this to Obama and the Dalai Lama both. You're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. Daryl Waltrip, a three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, shared how he became a follower of Jesus, telling the audience at the National Prayer Breakfast. He's at this National Prayer Breakfast. All the big wigs are there. And there's a picture of him, and he's like at a podium like I'm at. And there's Obama, and the Dalai Lama's over there. He said, the tele, he's telling the audience, which had President Obama and the Dalai Lama, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. Good guys go to hell. <laughs> I didn't preach that. Daryl Walter preached that. That's some guts. Amen? You get invited, hey, uh, come down here and do a national, uh, pray for us at this national prayer event. You know, you know Obama gave him the call, and he goes, yes, sir, I'll come on down there. And there's Obama all smug sitting down there, and there's the Dalai Lama, don't know where he's going when he dies, and there's this, there's this old hick guy that drives a car for a living, you know. He's just an old redneck, Daryl Walter, and he gets up there, you're going to hell. 
Speaking at the National Prayer Breakfast is the biggest thing I've ever done, the most influential audience I've ever addressed, and the most important speech I've ever given. I know I talk to millions of fans on TV every week. However, I'm not entirely comfortable speaking to this many people in person, but the Lord told me to do so. This was an honor beyond description and moment I'll never forget. I love to share my testimony about what the Lord has done in my life and doing it on my birthday made it that much more special. Listen to what he said. People said that they thought I was brash and ruthless and pushy and cocky. He said, that's just the people who like me. Imagine what the people who don't like me said. He said, he said, uh, Walter said he did everything to satisfy me. He goes, I used to do everything for me. And then his wife tried taking him to church. And he said, just, he just didn't have time for this church stuff. But things changed after a car wreck. He had a car wreck, bad one. I realized that wreck knocked me conscience. He, meant, he said, it woke me up. It scared the hell out of me. I mean that literally. I realized, what if I had lost my life that day at Daytona? Would I go to heaven or would I have gone to hell? I thought I was a good guy, but folks, let me tell you something. Good guys go to hell. He continued by saying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have a relationship, if he's not the master of your life, if you've never gotten on your knees and asked him to forgive you of your sins, or if you're just a pretty good guy or a pretty good gal, you're going to go to hell. That's a stronger, stronger what I've already preached, amen. And there's President Obama and Dalai Lama and all these big wings down there. And this old country guy, and he's telling them how it is. The NASCAR driver said the day he knelt down, listen to this, the day he knelt down to invite Jesus into his life was the greatest day of his life. And it changed everything. Amen, amen, amen. amen. He says you don't have to walk alone. Get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. He's waiting for you. He was there all the time. I just didn't know or acknowledge it. This is Keegan Hall, the pastor of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Uh, we're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can, and we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening you're not saved, we want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that he died for your sin. And if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that, Jesus Christ, was the best thing ever happened to me. And if you'd like to contact us, you can contact us through the web at IndianGapBaptist.com. It has all our information, how to get to our church. That's IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.